Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Peter Hug. He is the director of Kitco Metals, Precious Metals Division. Uh, he's a real expert on the whole world of precious metals. Welcome to the show, Peter. Uh, pleasure to be here, Jordan. Just give us a little bit of your background. You've been in the metals market a long time, but just give us a little bit of your your background and history. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> um, I uh, came out of university, the University of Toronto up in Canada back in uh, late 73. Uh, I cut my teeth uh, originally in the business in the foreign exchange field, worked for a company back then that was the largest global retail uh, supplier of foreign exchange, uh, a company called Deke Pereira. Uh, subsequently sold to Thomas Cook, uh, but I was with them for three years, and then I joined a company, a bank in Canada called Guardian Trust uh, in uh, late 77, and um, we were fortunate enough, uh, uh, my primary uh, function there was to develop the foreign exchange business, but we also uh, decided to foray into the precious metals market, so we were lucky enough to get into the markets uh, prior to that first major bull run in gold in 1980, uh, where gold went to uh, approximately 850 and silver went up to $50. And we became one of uh, Canada's, next to the Bank of Nova Scotia, largest wholesale precious metals dealers throughout the 80s and mid-90s. Um, I then left, uh, I left the business um, and uh, just as an aside, worked for a, I was the CEO of a public company that introduced microchip technology identification for pets in North America. Did that for about five years. Um, and then I basically retired. I ran a country in in Niagara on the Lake by Niagara Falls. And then uh, in 2009, I got a call from Kitco. Um, and uh, they asked me to take over their precious metals division. They had some uh, 220 employees. And uh, one of the divisions was uh, retail precious metals. Kitco was the uh, first company ever to sell metals online. So I took that over um, w with uh, an indication I, you know, give them three to five years just to get them back into sort of line and put in the processes and uh, set up their trade operation. And 10 years later, I'm still with Kitco. So that's where you find me. Very good. Okay. <laughs> so you, you've seen a lot of the cycles in the, the gold and, and silver markets. So let's kind of start a broad view here. So we've had an enormous rise uh, in gold prices the last year or so with, with gold hitting well over $2,000 an ounce, uh, silver having a big move into the mid-20s. What has been the primary driver of gold prices, gold and silver prices in the last year or so? When you use the context of last year or so, I mean, the gold market was showing signs of a bullish trend uh, late uh, 2019, uh, but was still sort of confined in the range and, and sort of trading between the 1550, 1650 uh, parameters. Uh, silver was was having difficulty uh, getting north of seventeen dollars uh, and trading most of 2019 in the uh, you know the 15 sort of 1650 range as well. When COVID hit uh, in early March, um, the first reaction for the metals was actually down, as the uh, everybody noticed the stock market collapsing from. A, if I remember the high was just uh, about 28.5 in Dow collapsing all the way down to almost 18,000. Uh, you know, the NASDAQ collapsing. Uh, I mean, all of the financial indexes were uh, collapse, uh, collapsing as the U.S. government closed the U.S. economy. 
the original con uh, the original um, uh, uh, context of of that happening in the financial market caused the metals to sell off from the perspective that the the original reaction to the drop in the equity prices were that this was very temporary. But w when the extent of the drop was becoming evident, people were liquidating gold and silver just to raise cash for either to meet margin calls in their equity positions or just because they were totally panicked and they were uh, raising cash. So as that first sort of two weeks of COVID and the closing of the, of the U.S. economy took hold, um, you had gold drop all the way back down uh, just just north of uh, or just south of 1500 and silver actually touched uh, $14. It was then that the Federal Reserve came out and along with the U.S. government uh, just massively inflated the economy with a massive stimulus program of uh, the equivalent between the two groups of almost $3 billion. I'm sorry, $3 trillion with a T. Right. When that was announced by the Fed, and then they subsequently announced that they would hold this policy in place until 2021. It was the green light for the metals, and gold started to move. Uh, and the first target that gold was looking for was the 2011 high, 19 and a quarter, which it took out fairly easily in April. Uh, and silver was a laggard, and the, pro the reason silver was a laggard uh, was because the global economy was shut down, not just the U.S. economy, and the industrial demand for silver, for things like solar panels and, and the electronics industry, was basically just, just ended. It just went to zero. So there were still above-ground supplies in silver. So it took silver a while sort of to catch the wind, uh, but it did that about six weeks ago and uh, broke up through uh, 19 and a quarter, which was been a significant resistance level for silver over the past three or four years. Once it got there, it was clear sailing and got almost as high as uh, $30 about a week and a half ago. Uh, and gold, as you mentioned, hit almost 2200 before it retrace back and is now uh, trading in the uh, low 1900s and silver is still trying to maintain that $26 uh, uh, big figure price target. So you're saying it was pretty much the Fed now is not only the Fed Reserve, it's the European Central Bank, Bank of Japan, Bank of China, all the central banks around the world had massive liquidity injections at the same time. It was not only the Fed that made this happen, is that correct? No, absolutely. It was a, it was a global event from a liquidity perspective. Added on to that was the U.S. government throwing another $2 trillion into the pot uh, with the unemployment insurance benefits and the, uh, you know, the checks that they were cutting uh, for families, uh, uh, you know, that, that qualified under their income based on 2019 tax returns. But you know, the, the two together was almost the equivalent of $3 trillion, just unheard of. Now, some would say that the, the plunge in the economy worldwide, when economies were shutting down, is a massive deflationary event, right? Less uh, demand, prices falling, because there's not much demand for things like, like oil, going to minus $38 briefly. So normally you'd think that the uh, inflation coming from the Federal Reserve and the monetary authorities would basically just balance off that huge deflationary impact. Why is the gold market seeing it as inflationary when the, the major trend seems to be deflationary? Well, I don't think the gold market uh, originally in, in the sort of the March, April, uh, May area uh, time frame there was perceiving uh, this as an immediate inflationary impact. There, 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 there seems to be this, this movement in the gold market where there is day by day, and that's why you're seeing this volatility. 
the impact of what happens if we do get a, a vaccine. What happens if the U.S. economy goes fully back to work? And the test on that, I think, is going to come when the schools open. I mean, that, that to me is, is, is sort of the watershed test. If the kids can go back to school and they're not bringing COVID home to their parents slash grandparents, uh, then I think people will have a higher comfort level to go back out to work. Uh, you, you know, you have to imagine that there's a lot of people that haven't been at work, not because they're not capable of working outside of their homes. It's because they have no place to put their children. Now, when if school comes back and re-engages fully and the kids can leave their homes at 8.30 in the morning and come back at 5 o'clock so the parents then have the freedom to go back and work, that I think is going to be a major accomplishment in, in this fight against COVID. But I think what the gold market is looking at is it may take another two or three months, but the gold market seems optimistic that there is going to be some type of cure, uh, for lack of a better word, for COVID. And sometime in 2021, this economy will be at full gear again. But the Fed will remain on pause till 2022. And that's where sort of the inflation analysts are coming in. They're not perceiving inflation in the short term, but they see this turning into inflation in early 2021, the first half of 2021, this monetary stimulus is going to result in higher inflation as the demand from um, econo- the economy reopening up reemerges. So you've had a de- decrease in demand and you've had a decrease in supply. Factories were closed, oil was being shut in. So you kind of both went down to some extent. So you're saying that gold, almost like the stock market, which has been going up a lot, in anticipation of growth when, in fact, the economy itself is weakening, is looking past the COVID situation to a recovery and a vaccine and getting the economy back to normal. That's what you're saying the gold market's telling us right now. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I I think that's the only thing that makes sense, because if you look at the stock market pre-COVID, if you look at it in February, and you look where the value of the Dow was, I mean, if you just look at from an index perspective, uh, at that point, I thought the market was a little rich. I think I thought it was tra- I think then it was trading at about a 20 multiple. Now you've got an economy that's about 35% open, and the stock market's trading at a 22 multiple. I mean, it makes no sense. Uh, so I, I think the big money is looking through this and 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 seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. Now, if we get a major second wave. I highly doubt the government will again close the economy. But if we do get another major wave and the schools shut down, um, then I think uh, the stock market could be in some real trouble. And would gold go along? Normally, you think of gold as counter-cyclical, and gold goes up, but the stock market goes down and vice versa. But in this case, they've both been going up. Why is it that they're not their usual counter-cyclical selves? Because I think what people are doing, they've got interest rates at zero and they're just looking for any type of yield and precious metals at a zero interest rate uh, 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 structure uh, is, is just positive for the metals. And there are big players. Look at Buffett. I mean, he, he's not buying gold physical. He bought Barrick, but he's buying albeit a very, very minor portion of his overall portfolio, he is putting money into some hard assets. Just, And he's never done that. If you've ever listened to Buffett over the yeah. last 10 years, he has absolutely no use for gold. I mean, absolutely no use. Right. He thinks it's the worst investment that was ever, ever put on an exchange. He now has got a 
I wouldn't say a large position, but he has now got a fairly, in our terms, sizable position in Barrick. Uh, and so he is starting, when you see a guy like Buffett starting to diversify away from the banks and into precious metals, he's worried. So I think one of the reasons you're seeing gold up here with the stock market is because there's enough worry out there that people are now creating a more balanced approach to their portfolio and not just chasing stocks. They're, they're putting gold uh, and hard commodities into their portfolio as well to give them a little bit of protection against the, the equity side of their portfolio, which continues to perform well. Very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Peter Hug. He is the director of Kitco's Precious Metals Division, a real expert on gold and silver and other precious metals. You can find out more about him and his commentary at their website, which is kitco.com. We'll be back after this. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet. It's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner, earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Peter Hug. He's the director of Kitco's Precious Metals Division, a real expert on precious metals of all type. You can find out more about him and his writings at kitco.com. Welcome back to the show, Peter. Good to be here again. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the, some of the physical ways that people can invest in gold and silver and the pros and cons of each. So let's start with gold. So there are different kinds of coins uh, there are American eagles, there are Canadian maple leaves, there are South African Krugerrands. Those are all kind of the bullion ones. And then there are numismatic coins as well. What is the advantage of doing one over another uh, if you want to do – let's start with coins. Um, 
the advantage. I mean, when you when you ask the question that way, I, I, I usually need to compare it to something. But just there is a, uh, a a fairly sizable portion of the of the investor population, and this is quite specifically more uh, an American type of phenomenon. Uh, you don't have that same type of phenomenon up in Canada, where the investor has a complete distrust of the system, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be the Federal Reserve or whether it be, uh, you know, the government or whether it be uh, trusting anyone to hold gold for them, you know, whether it's in the form of an ETF or whether it's in the form of an allocated storage account, yeah. uh, you know, or whether it's in the form of a trading account. Uh, they, they want to have it in their hands. That's they right. want to have it in their hands. Uh, they believe that uh, it's essential that they have it in their hands. Now, in that context, the only viable option in the precious metals market is obviously physical precious metals. Now, gold coins tend to be from a perspective relative to the uh, actual cash market or spot market in gold uh, the most expensive way to hold physical metals Um, to give you an example on the um, gold eagle and gold buffalo uh, the u.s mint is still the only mint in the world that creates um allocations of these two products and prices the allocation of these two products as a percentage. So the acquisition cost for gold eagles, gold buffaloes for uh, for, uh, for distributors that have direct access to the U.S. Mint is uh, just a little north of 3%. You're paying 3% over the spot price of gold at any particular time. For those yeah, stores. that's not the investor. That's the dealer. That's, that's the wholesale cost. Yeah, that's yes. the wholesaler. So, you know, He's in there at, let's say, just for round numbers, let's put gold at $2,000. Yeah. So his acquisition cost is $60 plus shipping because these coins are usually uh, local uh, San Francisco. So now he's got to get them back to New York or, you know, wherever it is. And then what is the retail markup on top of that? Well, then that wholesale dealer generally doesn't sell retail. He sells to other dealers. So he'll mark it up probably a percent. So that's another $20. So now you're at 80 and now the retail dealer, uh, you know, he's got cash flow considerations. He's got store. He's got insurance. He's got you know an overhead if he's especially if he's running a brick and mortar business like coin dealers. Yeah. So he's going to add at least another point or two. So now you're in the neighborhood of a hundred, a hundred and twenty dollar premium for a one ounce gold bar over the market. Yeah. Uh, now, whereas if you get bars. Uh, one ounce gold bars, uh, you know, out of the RCM, uh, there are some other uh, refiners that make one ounce gold bars, like Asahi makes one ounce gold bars. You can usually get them from a retail perspective at somewhere around $40 over gold. Total uh-huh. premium, all in. What would be the minimum uh, size of a gold bar? Well, you can get gold bars. Uh, you can also get gold coins as, l- as small as 120th of an ounce. Uh, and you can get gold bars as, as small as uh, five grams, which is about a sixth of an ounce. Uh, but again, all of that stuff uh, right now is not being manufactured. B- both the U.S. Mint and the Canadian Mint are totally backlogged in their production of, uh, of coins and bars. So there is no mint that I'm aware of 
sovereign mint. There may be some uh, private mints out there, but there's no sovereign mint that is currently making fractional size coins and or small fractional bars. So does that uh, mean there's a premium to what's already out there? Because of the- If you can find them, basically dealers, uh, what they do is they'll, they'll make a bid for product. And there are clients, obviously, that are holding fractional coins and or smaller bars under one ounce increments. And if they're looking to raise cash, they sell them to dealers. As soon as the dealer gets them, they, obviously, they verify them to make sure they're good. Uh, once it's verified, they go up on the site and... Uh, there's a lot of people out there looking for small fractional coins uh-huh. because, again, you know, at $2,000 now, one ounce of gold is $2,000. It's not inexpensive yeah. from the perspective of, uh, you know, laying out cash. And so, how about going through Kitco? If people want to buy gold online, uh, what are the advantages of going through Kitco to, to buy either coins or bars of either one ounce or smaller uh, denominations? You know, I'm not going to say there's an advantage. I, I, I mean, what you want to do is you want to go to a dealer that you trust. Uh, you want to uh, you want to have a confidence level in the dealer that you buy from that the product you are buying uh, is authentic, uh, because there has been in in uh, recent history over the last three or four years, there have been bars in the market that are I want you know. Uh, well, use the use the obvious word that, that are not authentic, that are fake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you want to go to. So Kitco offers basically two types of products, but but again, it's you know we're not we're not unique in this. There are other dealers that do the same. They offer what's called our our product. Everybody has a different moniker on this product. Our product is called Mint First. So if you're looking for a product that has never been circulated, that is coming directly from the Royal Canadian Mint or the U.S. Mint, uh, it's never been in somebody else's hands, uh, we offer that product. For people that have confidence in Kitco that when other product comes into us, that we do the verification test and we and 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 uh, we are absolutely 100% sure that the product is good, um, that is called secondary market product. That product tends to go at a slightly lower premium than mint first. Okay. And now you say there's you've a, got to trust your dealer. There's a new way to do this, which is what you call digital gold, which is called vault chain. Explain how that works. If that now, way you're not pro- holding physical coins in your hand. No, our product is called, yeah, our, our product is called vault chain. There are other dealers that offer this product, again, under their own marketing label um, and what the product is it's a uh, it's a, a digital platform where clients on a 24/7 basis can buy and or sell gold or silver as little as a tenth of, uh, of an ounce like in small fractions uh, you don't need to buy a lot uh, and the Royal Canadian mint is the custodian of the gold and silver backing this digital platform at any time according to spot price it trades it trades trades roughly uh, again depending on the quantity it's usually uh, our our product is is priced in tiers Uh, so depending uh, the more you buy the closer to spot you get but the average premium uh, on gold is about one percent the average premium on silver is about uh, just under two percent but when you compare that to the to the basis of coin premiums, which are 
north of 10% on silver and, and in the neighborhood of 5 to 6% on gold coins on a retail basis. It gives you the ability of buying gold and or silver very much like an ETF, uh, no storage costs, at, at very, very favorable spreads. If you're looking just to enter the market, if you then in the future want to take that position and convert it into physical, when the premiums are a bit more, how can I say, normalized, then you can get, then convert that blockchain precious metals position into physical, and then you would pay the, that premium at that time for the bars uh, or coins. Now, maybe the premium on Eagles by then is not at 120, it's at 50 or 60. Um, well, that's what you could do through Kitco. If you bought some gold through the vault chain and you said you want to own some physical gold to hold on to, through Kitco, you can convert it uh, into and have them send you coins or bars. Yeah, this is physical gold you're buying on blockchain. The custodian is the Royal Canadian Mint, but it is, it is um, how can I describe this? It's bulk physical. So the RCM guarantees, and it's a, you know, a sovereign mint. Uh, it, it's, a, it, it, it's, it, it's controlled by the Canadian government. Again, yeah. some people don't like that because they don't want anything to do with a government. But if you get over those types of, of, of issues in your mind, so if, if there is a 2 million ounces sitting on the blockchain technology of silver, the Royal Canadian Mint stands behind 2 million ounces of silver. Now, if you want a specific product, let's say you want silver maple leaves, then it, it, in this current market, uh, you may need to wait a little bit because it's, it's a matter of the mint producing the product for the demand. But if you wanted 1,000 ounce silver bars or larger bars in gold against your position, again, if you had that type of position, uh, the turnaround time for physical is usually within seven business days. Yeah. And do you also offer platinum and palladium? Not on vault chain, but we do offer platinum and palladium both in the physical context. uh, And we also have metals accounts at Kitco for gold, silver, platinum, and palladium. They are off, the metals are off balance sheet with Kitco. So if something happened to us financially, you would not be a creditor, but uh, you would still have to have trust in the Kitco brand. Uh, But again, those metals would also, you would have access to them 24-7. And, you know, I find that a lot of people, I wouldn't say a lot of people, but, you know, in the old days when I used to trade by, you know, at 4.30 on a Friday afternoon, the market was it. That was it, closed, end of story. Uh, And you had to wait until 8.30, uh, you know, the next morning for New York to open unless a dealer was prepared to give you London quotes while London was open on, uh, you know, early Sunday, uh, early Monday morning. Now the market is 24-7 uh, uh, in, in the context of access to your metals. So we find that people that have bought, that, that want to transact in blockchain and or in our Kiko Metals accounts, they like the, the fact that on a Sunday night before the market opens, they can buy or they can sell gold, silver, platinum, or palladium. And, you know, that sometimes can be a real advantage. I mean, especially if there's an event that happens over the weekend uh, you might want to be positioned for the opening Sunday night. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure how many dealers offer that service, but we've been offering that service for the better part of 10 years now. Great. Very good. We're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Peter Hug. He's the director of Kitco's Precious Metals Division. You can see he's a real expert on 
all kinds of precious metals. You can follow him and his firm at kitco.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour, Peter Hug, is director of Kitco's Precious Metal Division. You can find out more about what they offer at kitco.com. Welcome back to the show, Peter. Good to be here again. Mm-hmm. We've talked about gold and silver. Let's talk a little bit about uh, platinum, uh, which has a precious metals, but it also is used in catalytic converters. What has been the supply, demand, and the price action for platinum, and what do you expect there? Well, platinum uh, platinum sort of became the dog of the PGM group about a year and a half ago when, um, when uh, the Volkswagen uh, uh, debacle happened with their uh, emissions scandal. And, you know, people are moving away from uh, gas, gas engines and uh, platinum was a, the most prominent metal in a, gas, uh, a gasoline engine uh, as opposed to palladium and rhodium. Um, and so the, the advent of cleaner air uh, is, has created a situation where the demand for platinum uh, in the catalytic converter industry is, uh, is, 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 is gone down probably about 80%. Wow. So, and, you know, I mean, historically, ever since I've been in this business, I mean, there might have been one or two periods in the 40-odd years I've been in this business, uh, 45 years, actually, um, that platinum traded at a discount to gold, uh, almost always uh, platinum traded at a premium to gold. And uh, because of that change in the, in the demand cycle uh, in the automotive industry, uh, palladium was now looking to be used instead of platinum, 
when that announcement came out about two years ago, a year and a half, two years ago, I'm not quite sure on the timing here, uh, palladium was trading at about $700 an ounce and platinum was at $900 an ounce. And uh, once that announcement came out, it just took a while for people to retool, but uh, palladiums never looked back. Prior so, to COVID, so you, you would not invest in platinum right now because you don't. I, think you know, I like I like platinum, but I like platinum uh, because I'm still bullish gold. Uh, I don't think anything has changed. I don't think uh, you know Trump's announcement on Saturday that they're going to use plasma and that's going to be the cure all for COVID. Um, uh, I, you know, and I think that's had an impact on on everything. The metals and the equity markets are all. Uh, you know, a little bit, wow, this is great. Uh, but platinum, I think, uh, because I'm still bullish the overall metals complex only because I do believe um, that we're not out of the woods yet. And there is going to be more stimulus uh, either from the Fed or from the government, uh, which is going to be conducive for a higher gold price. I think gold will take 2000 out again. And the next time it runs, it will take the high out. In that context, I think platinum goes along for the ride. Uh, the, but the extent of the ride, I think, is somewhat limited. At 920, I don't have a problem being long platinum. I'm looking at a target if gold gets back to 2100 of maybe 1300, 12, 1300 on platinum. So okay. in percentage terms, it's still a good return. Uh, but I don't see platinum ever being at a premium to gold. Uh, you know, again, uh, the Russians and the South Africans control about 70% of the global uh, platinum production. I mean, if for some reason they just stopped producing platinum uh, and the economy was still somewhat vibrant, uh, the Chinese still prefer platinum over gold for their jewelry, uh, there would still be demand. And if the supply cut off to completely nothing, uh, yes, then I think platinum could certainly surge. Uh, but I see platinum as the weak sister here and sort of trading in sympathy with the gold market. And if gold continues higher, platinum will benefit. Uh, but if gold tanks, I think platinum could uh, could see, uh, you know, $800, 750 again. And palladium is used in electric cars. Is that why it's more in demand now? It is, but it's uh, it's it's a cleaner it's a cleaner metal to work with for uh, the gasoline cars that are being made, and so the the, uh, the automotive uh, automotive companies switched over and started using more palladium in the catalytic converters because palladium was cheaper, and now they've got their uh, their 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 lines set up for palladium, and palladium is a much more difficult metal to mine, and the supply demand uh, in palladium prior to COVID was uh, they were projecting in 2020 and 2021 a pretty significant deficit in palladium supplies relative demand. Now it's it's somewhat mitigated because obviously uh, for four months now the car industry was shut down. Uh, it's now just starting to come back a bit more aggressively in China but it is starting to come back in, 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 in Europe. So palladium dropped from 2,800 down to almost 1,400, 1,500 uh, just as COVID started. And it's been working its way back up. And uh, now we're around the 2,200 mark. So it's like a recovery metal as well. It, it's an industrial use. It's not, palladium is not used for jewelry for the most part. Correct. Correct. Yep. Uh, yeah, palladium is almost exclusively used industrially. So would, would you, uh, are there palladium 
coins, or do you play that through Palladium Miners? How do you play Palladium if you want Again, to? Again, uh, it, it depends where you're located. In Canada, physical Palladium is taxable, even though the Canadian Mint makes a Palladium Maple Leaf. Uh, I could never quite figure out the logic of that. but So in Canada, you can buy uh, Palladium in physical, one-ounce bars. Uh, you might be able to find 10-ounce Palladium bars. There are one-ounce Palladium Maple Leafs. There are one-ounce Palladium Eagles. Uh, but the U.S. Mint has only made one lot of U.S. Palladium Eagles. I think it was about three, four years ago. So you can get Palladium in physical. In the U.S., it's not taxable. In Canada, it is. Uh, you can also trade Palladium uh, in uh, metals accounts, and you can also trade Palladium in the futures markets if you wanted to. The contract is a, a 100 ounces of Palladium. Okay, so we've talked about physical gold, physical silver, uh, platinum, and palladium. Another way to play this is exchange-traded funds, like a GLD for gold, SLV for silver. Uh, is there an advantage in doing that, which is a, another way to get at physical gold and silver without holding it yourself, compared to doing actually holding physical gold and silver coins or bars? Again, it comes down, uh, Jordan, it comes down to the psychology of the investor. There are, uh, again... It, and and I don't want to belittle this group. They're a pretty significant buying group in the U.S. Uh, that, again, do not trust the system. And they are absolutely convinced that there is no precious metals backing up the ETFs, uh, even though the Securities Commission says there's an audit and blah, blah, blah. They just don't believe it. So uh, if you have trust, or let me rephrase that, comfort in the system, an ETF is a relatively inexpensive way to play the metals markets because uh, you're basically buying in or around spot. The markups are extremely uh, small. Uh, you do have a fee every year, but again, the fee is relatively incidental. It's about a quarter of a percent uh, on the fund. Um, so it really comes down to do you trust, uh, do you trust uh, that the ETFs have the metals to back it up? Now, the downside with an ETF or with a futures market, if you get a extreme volatility, you may not get um, what I would call a liquid market on your exit. Uh, There'd be big so gaps in the pricing. There could be big gap, but you know, I mean, that's what happened when gold was up. And again, I don't have the exact date, but I, I'm just going to roughly say two and a half weeks ago um, when it hit. 2200 in overnight trading and the next day it collapsed $178 during New York hours. I mean, next to the 1980 sort of collapse, I it's I I can't remember another time gold sort of dropped almost $200 during a New York trading session. Uh, in that day, trying to get out of an ETF and trying to find a bid was extremely difficult. So you might, you know, you might have seen a bid at I'm just going to throw a number out there at eighty dollars. Then you go in and you try to execute at eighty, and the next thing you know, the bid's sixty-five. Yeah. So it, it's it's that type of uh, for a long-term holder who's not doing day trading. It, it is an efficient way to play gold and silver, you're saying? Again, if you trust the system and uh, knowing in, in advance that uh, it's going to cost you about a quarter point uh, of um, of NAV, of, uh, of uh, value relative to the fund every year in administrative costs. So you are a precious metals expert. Do you trust the system? Do you think there really is gold and silver behind SLV and GLD? Well, I consider if I buy an ETF, again, uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, 
I no, I don't know. I have been told and I have been assured by both brokers and everything that I've read that any of my brokerage accounts are insured uh, by the securities and, and by the government and the CFTC for X number of dollars. Uh, it's sort of the same guarantee that my bank tells me that up to $250,000 per account but that's for your account. That's that's a different kind of insurance. I'm saying, do you think there actually is the gold and silver in the vaults backing those ETFs that they say there is? Uh, they're either in the vaults or I, I think they're backed by warrants on the COMEX. But warrants on the COMEX to me are physical product that is sitting in a COMEX warehouse. I do believe that they are backed, yes. Okay. That, I would take that as a yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But that's but that's me, and I tell you, if, if I wrote that on Kitco.com, I would probably get 500 comments on my post, <laughs> and, and 499 of them would think that I was part of the manipulation. I uh, see. You're part so of the conspiracy, I, huh? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So again, that's just my personal feeling, and uh, I know there's going to be a ton of people listening to this that absolutely... Uh, don't agree with me and think I'm part of the problem, uh, but <laughs> that's just my opinion. So, uh, are there ETFs for platinum and palladium as well? Is that another way to play platinum and palladium? Uh, I don't think there are for palladium. To be honest with you, on platinum, uh, I you know, I'm going to say no. But there might be there might be a small ETF out there. There might be a hybrid something out there that trades in platinum. Um, again, with the platinum, it becomes more problematic uh, on the physical side. Uh, you'd have to do a 50-ounce platinum plate. Uh, uh, you know, was, whereas in the gold ETFs and in the silver ETFs, you can do 400-ounce gold bars, which basically trade at spot, and so do 1,000-ounce silver bars. Uh, platinum, you'd have to get to, uh, you'd have to get it up to 50 ounce plate. Uh, there's only two refineries I know in the U.S. that make 50 ounce plate. Anything below that, all now you've got premium considerations, which would make an ETF non-functional. Yeah. So basically, it's, it's not the way to play platinum then. Very no, good. I wouldn't. I would Yeah, I wouldn't play it that way. Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show, and my guest this hour is Peter Hug. He is the director of Kitco's Precious Metal Division. You can follow his writings and everything that Kitco offers at his website, kitco.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth in Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth in Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. 
You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Peter Hug. He is director of Kitco's Precious Metals Division, uh, an expert on all kinds of precious metals. You can find out more at his website, kitco.com. Welcome back to the show, Peter. Hey, Jordan. So we've talked about physical gold medals, uh, gold, silver, platinum, and palladium, the exchange-traded funds. Now, there's another major way to play them, which is the gold mining shares. Now, you have a particular group that you like to play gold mining shares. What group, group is that and why is that an advent, advantageous over buying direct gold mining shares? Um, again, I've, had, I've you know, sort of had the privilege or maybe uh, uh, the horror of having been in the, uh, in the mining share market since the 70s. And, you know, back in the day in, in sort of the late 70s and in the 80s, uh, it was the Wild West, especially with the Vancouver Exchange and, uh, you know, the pump and dump dealers were out there. And, uh, I mean, everything was just, uh, y- you really just had to cross your fingers that you weren't going to get massacred in that market. So I've always sort of had a, um, a somewhat of a, um, I'll, use, uh, I'll be polite, dislike for the junior miners. Um you know, uh, I used to go to conventions and I'd see the junior miners out there and they'd say, yeah, we've got this great gold discovery. And I says, okay, uh, where is it? Well, we're right next to, uh, pick a name, Barrick, Newmont, a big producer. Okay, so you're right across the fence from them. Yeah, yeah, so obviously our gold is going to be the same grade as their gold. And I said, okay, um, so have you started production? Oh, no, 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 we just know it's there. So now we're going to have to raise money and then we have to drill and, you know, they were always three to five years out and they always came back to the well looking for more money and their CEOs were all getting paid a half a million dollars a year while the gold was still in the ground. So I, I, I got a little uh, jaundiced on on the junior miners and, uh, you know, I used to say if you bought 10 of them, just assume 10 will go bust and the ninth on the 10th you might get a home run. So I like my odds better at a casino. Now, there are juniors out there that have good management. But you really need to know what you're doing, uh, or you just buy a you know a basket of them, and and you know one or two of them, yeah, you're going to hit a home run. You're going to get a double, triple, four hundred percent. But but it's a very difficult market to play. So My would you play that through the ETF, the GDXJ, for example? Which yes, is- you can, yeah, you can do that as well. I mean, again, it gives you a broader range of uh, of the group, uh, so you're not you know putting all of your eggs in one basket. Um, but again, uh, I would prefer you're not going to get the same bang for your buck. You're not going to necessarily get the home runs. But if you're going to play in the mining sector, I'm much more comfortable playing a, a more senior slash major that has proven production, that has proven cash flow, ideally has a dividend, uh, and treat it more as a sort of normal stock uh, in, a, in, a, in a cyclical pattern where that group of stocks uh, is moving higher as we are in now. Uh, same as when interest rates start going, if they're higher and they start moving lower on an equity uh, perspective, if you wanted a position, you would want to consider utilities uh, because you're going to still keep a higher yield and lower interest rates and, and that sector will outperform for a time being. Uh, so that's the way I would look at gold so equity. What would be, say, your top two majors that you would like? 
Well, if, if it's just a major producer, I would be looking at either Barrick and or Newmont. Uh, and there's a third group that I like, and those are the streamers. And I like Franco Nevada, uh, uh, Pierre Lassonde. I know him all the way back to 1979. I think he is the best, best, bar none, uh, uh, person uh, so in why, the gold. Why don't you explain uh, how, how a streaming stock, it's also called the royalty stock. Explain how that works. How it's yeah, they, they, they basically lend money and they get a piece of all the action of all the production that comes in. So they don't have any production costs or anything else. They just, they get a, a, a little piece off the top of all of the production of anybody that they've got a royalty agreement with. So the, their overheads are extremely low and any kind of value uh, move up in, in, in the precious metals market, the, their dollar capitalization on that move is, is, is almost one for one. I mean, it's, it's immediate because, you know, it's not like they've got to dig deeper to get the gold out at a, at a, at a more expensive level, even though they can make a profit. They, they're just getting their ounces of gold and silver. Uh, on a royalty basis, and they're just selling them into the market. And as the market rises, all of the royalty values go higher. So if you, if you just look... funding. You, when companies need funding to do the mining, they're providing the funding in return for a stream of the royalties. Is that correct. basically how it works? Correct. Yep. And Pierre Lassonde is probably the smartest guy I've ever met in the industry. So if you look at Franco Nevada or Franco, uh, Franco Nevada Gold, or if you look at Wheaton, uh, and just look at the price performance of those two stocks relative anything other than maybe you hit a home run in a junior. Uh, you'll see that their, that price performance is very consistent with an overlay of where the metals markets are moving. You're not going to see silver go from $15 to $25 and see Wheaton drop. Yeah. What are the symbols for Wheaton and Franco Nevada? I, yeah, off the top of my head, I don't have them. I, I just don't have them in front of me. I think Wheaton is now actually called Wheaton Precious Metals. It used to be called Wheaton Silver, but I think That's it's Wheaton, it's Precious, Wheaton Metals. Precious Metals. Yeah. Are, are there any other streamers in addition to Franco and Nevada and Wheaton that you like? It, those are the two I like. I mean, I don't really uh, spend a lot of time and I don't dabble uh, either on my personal account. And we certainly can't do it for our clients because we're not a registered broker in the equity space, in the mining space. Yeah. Uh, but if I have clients that ask me that question, I give them my opinion as to if you are getting into that into that area, you'd want to consider. And again, uh, you, you know whether it's Barrick, and it turns out that uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh God, his name just slipped my mind. The billionaire, the guy that just got into uh, Barrick. Uh, oh, Warren uh, Buffett. Warren yeah, Buffett. Warren Buffett. So Warren Buffett seems to agree with me. He likes Barrick. I've yeah. liked Barrick for the last three years. Uh, and uh, Franco Nevada and uh, Wheaton, I, I mean, I've been a proponent of both those companies from the quality of their management. Now, there are times, I mean, if I was a trader, I'd be selling Franco Nevada or Wheaton if I think there's a correction in the market coming because they tend to mirror the market very closely. But if I'm bullish and I want to be in a stock as opposed to being in the physical market, uh, those are two that would be very high on my list. Yeah. Just to take, before we close, to kind of taking a look at the big picture again, what could go wrong with this current bullish scenario we've got? You basically are saying the Fed and the central banks are pouring out money for a long time. So basically nothing could go wrong with gold and silver. But we were in a bear market for a long time from 2011 until the last year or so. What could go wrong with this whole scenario? 
Well, you've got to take it in the context. So when you look at 2008 to 2011, when gold hit the 1924, 25 top, uh, in, in around there, within a couple of dollars of that number, the Fed was full pedal to the metal uh, uh, with, uh, with a, an easy monetary policy because of the financial issues that occurred or started to occur in 2007. Yeah. In 2011, the Fed gave notice uh, and they said, okay, the easing cycle is now stopping. We are going to start to tighten the system. And as soon as they said that, the dollar started to rise. And, uh, you know, we had a, a fairly good appreciation of the U.S. dollar from about to, uh, 2011 till 2019. And in a rising interest rate environment, I mean, the, the interest rates didn't go crazy, but the 10-year uh, got north of, uh, you know, 3.7. Uh, and uh, in that environment, the metals were not attractive. The equity market was rallying. There was no real fear in the market, uh, and and the precious metals basically took it on the chin. And in 2019, late 2019, uh, it be it it became apparent that the markets were holding up well in an environment where the equity market was doing well, and the Fed was actually not talking about lowering interest rates. So, in that context. Uh, that was the first bullish sign when the metals were not dropping in, in 2019 with a very strong equity market and the Fed not indicating any type of easing uh, coming anytime soon. In yeah. fact, the Fed was talking about raising rates and the metals did not go down. The gold market did not collapse. And that was the first sign that something was coming. Uh, so you're saying the next thing, we have about two minutes to go, is if the Fed started saying they're going to stop easing or even tightening, that would be bearish for the precious metals. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, but I think that's at least a year and a half away. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think this cycle has got a, lo a lot of legs ahead of it. Now, what could happen? A complete collapse in the equity market if the economy reshuts down and we go into, you know, whether you want to use the D word, depression, and, you know, everything basically just sort of implodes. In that context, I think the metals are going to get hurt as well. I don't see them running up in that type of economic environment because cash then will be absolutely king. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because you normally think of gold as a place of, out of fear. And if, if the economy is collapsing, we're going into depression. That's the ultimate things that people fear about. But you're saying that a, a major deflationary event like that would not be good for gold and silver. No, I think cash would be. I mean, people are going to be struggling to pay their bill, their rents, and everything else. They're going to need cash. A one-ounce gold bar is not going to do them much good. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Peter Hug. He's the director of Kitco's Precious Metals Division. You can find out more about his writings and what Kitco offers at his website, kitco.com. Thanks so much. We've learned an awful lot about precious metals, Peter. Thank you. It's my pleasure, Jordan. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.